If you've followed recent developments in AI, not so much to do with ChatGPT, about which I don't think anyone has made a claim to the effect that it is sentient or self-aware, you may have read the story about the Google employee who was suspended on full pay for claiming that their Lambda AI chatbot was sentient. Well, leaving all that aside, I'd like to spend this episode just asking a question about what that really might mean without passing judgment on whether or not in these particular cases it was true. And I'd like to begin, you may think, in a rather unpromising position. Let's suppose that we've got, let's suppose it's chat GPT or something like it, but that it's completely dormant. There's no training going on. There is no input. Nobody's asking it any questions. It's not producing, therefore, any answers. To the best of our knowledge, it doesn't talk to itself. And therefore, what we've got is a, a machine, let's call it an AGI, a chatbot that's in a comatose state, semi-vegetative state, as we sometimes call it. And that's not very interesting, obviously. But now suppose that it is asked one question, and it gives, and it's a very simple question, and it gives a very simple answer. It doesn't matter what it is. Just one. And suppose, in addition to the features of chat GPT that we already know about, but which is not a feature of chat GPT, suppose there were a capacity for chat GPT to remember its own output and, where appropriate, refer to it. Let me repeat, the current version doesn't do this. If, you're, if you've used it, you will know that your conversations are stored, but they're stored simply as text files, and they make very clear that the chatbot doesn't refer back to them. And if you restart a conversation, it starts from scratch. It doesn't, as you might say, I, th I think I've got this right, I'm not absolutely sure. It doesn't, as you might say, read the conversation again and pick up where you left off. So, we have a machine now which was comatose, makes one reply, but with the key feature that it can now remember that reply and, where necessary, refer to it. Suppose we now carry on with this conversational growth. We ask it another question, and then another, and then another, and it gradually builds up what you might call a track record of its own responses to our questions. It doesn't have to be just one interlocutor, it could be any number, but we're assuming that the number is fairly small. And the reason for that assumption is because what we want to do is to say that the chatbot might well believe, or indeed have been programmed to behave, in ways that are 
consistent. So what we now have is we have the neural net in all its complexity, which isn't always consistent, does make mistakes, is sometimes accused of falsifying or fraud or not malicious, but inadvertently misleading those who use it and of making things up. We've talked about this in other episodes. But in addition, we've now got the requirement, or at least the suggestion, the strong disposition to be consistent, not to contradict its previous answers. Now we have a situation where the chatbot is a part of its own world. In other words, where its previous output becomes potential input. Because in order to be consistent, it will have to refer back to what it said before, and the only way it can do that, as I'm proposing here, is if it refers back and treats what it has said before as though it were new input and tries to remain consistent with it. The hypothesis that I'm putting forward is that if you look at very early childhood development, you'll find something very similar going on with infants that they can't speak, obviously, to start with. They can make a lot of noise and they can make their presence felt. There's no doubt about that. But gradually, they start to behave in ways that involve, as you might say, a trace, a memory. And they start to develop in relation to their parents, in relation to other children, perhaps siblings, in ways where there are certain expectations about what one might call in loose terms the kind of child this is, the characteristics of this child that eventually develop into what you could call a personality. And this happens quite young, so that one becomes very conscious of, as you might say, the type of child that it is from a very early age. And they then go on building on this. Now, the point that I'm trying to make is that if we throw away the metaphysical prejudices that arise from things like soul talk or ghosts in the machine or believing that there is something fundamentally mysterious about self-awareness, I'm not sure that self-awareness really amounts to very much more than consciousness of what we have been of what we have said and done, and some, some kind of concern to be consistent with it, or in some cases to erase it insofar as one can, in order to put right something that one might have done wrong, for example, apologizing, as we, as, as we commonly call it. My self-awareness... I am suggesting, is not very much more than my grasp of my own history, my own output, as I'm calling it in the case of a chatbot, and coupled with a certain concern 
to be consistent with myself and to present a fairly consistent face to other people because we would all find it quite alarming, disarming, confusing, uh, uncomfortable if people's behaviour was absolutely random and showed no consistency over time. We can think of one or two prime ministers of whom we might perhaps say that. So the interesting question here is whether, is whether self-awareness need be more than that, need be more than, as you might say, a means of treating oneself as a part of the conversation that produces input so that there is let's suppose i've got a brother and a sister i might have into i have conversations they are my interlocutors i have conversations with my brother i have conversations with my sister but i also as i am proposing have conversations with myself with my past self with my memory of myself as a kind of third party in this and the way I respond to that, sometimes it can be very negative, we can be very self-critical, we can be too self-critical, or I could be an egomaniac who thinks everything I've ever done is wonderful, you know, play the record for yourself. But the point that I'm making is that when I become, as a result of memorizing my own output and treating it as input, as when I become a conversational partner with myself, then I become self-aware. And maybe that's all there is to it, in which case there's absolutely no reason why a chatbot shouldn't become self-aware once we tell it to start taking note of what it said before, once we give it a trace, once we give it memory. And before someone says it, yes, I absolutely acknowledge that our memories of our own conversations are not reliable. Our memories of any conversation are not reliable. We don't necessarily, or even very, in a very likely way, remember what we may have said. We remember what we think we said, and sometimes we deliberately and sometimes we just inadvertently distort or change that. I've included in some of these episodes in the past my own propensity to misremember things, particularly quotations from other people where I then start looking for something that isn't there because the way I've remembered it isn't the way it really was in the first place. I just remember, as you might say, how I read it, not what was there to be read, not what had been written. And that happens with memory. And we also know, second point, that every time we address a memory, we action a memory, we access a memory, we change it slightly, and there is a very good neurological basis for that. And there's a good reason to believe that a neural net does exactly the same thing, because the more times it uses a particular node and its weights and balances, biases, the more that weight and balance will perhaps be changed as a result of an increased significance in its overall neural composition. So, my thesis here is that when I become, as a result of memory, 
possibly as a result of what I've written down. I mean, it's, it's quite interesting, too, to posit that if I write things down, they become input to my own world later on. There's a feedback process there. These uh, podcast episodes could subsequently become an input to me so that I might listen to episode three of series four and that would form something because I'd forgotten it or hadn't remembered it rightly or it said something that is now perhaps slightly different from the way I'm thinking now. So it produces the conversation with myself that I really do think is more or less what self-awareness amounts to. In other words, it's not anything very mysterious. It's just an ability, rudimentary in the case of many of the species on the planet, but present nonetheless, not to be self-aware using conversation, but to be self-aware in terms of memory, in terms of wanting things that reproduce what memories tell us we enjoyed in the past or avoid things that memory tells us we didn't and that's all there is to it and that could therefore mean that self-aware artificial general intelligence is far closer than we might imagine for the simple reason that there's nothing very special about it at all and I'll come back to other aspects of this in another episode later. Thank you for listening.